1: Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Let's give it up for the one and only super producer, Mr. Max Williams. Hola. Woo. And Ooh, ah. <laughs> I love the energy, guys. Let's also, let's also give it up for our research associate on this show, this episode, Mr. Max Williams. Whoa. Okay. All right. Okay. You know what? You keep this up, Max. I'm going to start going in and doing some post-production because I got some opinions on these woos. Uh, Oh, God. No, (laughs) no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that to our
4: listeners, Ben. (laughs) Our listenership will just fall off a cliff if you get in there.
1: Uh, Well, they call me Ben, uh, and we are so glad you're here, Ridiculous Historians, especially because you, like us, are getting the chance to hang out with an actual legend, in the podcasting space, uh, one of my dear friends, co-founder of this show, we hang out all the time, and we still, for s- some reason, are our best friends. Uh, yeah. Oh, folks, Mr. Noel Brown. Ah. Oh. It would have been awkward if you were talking about someone
0: else. And I was all like,
1: yeah, yeah well,
0: that's true. <laughs> I love that. There's such a good trope in in, in, in movies where there's like a big speech uh, where it's some, you know, um, family, you know, patriarch announcing who his successor will be or a king. Mm. And then you see the one who thinks it's going to be him all chuffed in the audience. And then it's this other guy. Dude, and it's... I, brr, yeah. yeah,
1: I feel yes. you. I feel that way every time... Um, okay, so you guys know I'm, I'm a sucker for advertising. I am so interested in 99.9% of all types of food ever. I feel that way every time I have ordered fajitas in a restaurant, you know, where they sizzle, and, and I see somebody coming out with a plate of sizzling fajitas, and they walk on by, like my heart breaks, That has nothing to do with today's episode. That's just a universal human moment, folks. May your fajitas come for you. Uh, Well, man, have you seen that
0: meme where it's the Alex Jones courtroom scene where he and his lawyer are like looking (laughs) behind them? And it's like everybody at the Mexican restaurant when someone orders sizzling fajitas. (laughs) Ah,
1: We're there with you. We have like, so one thing that we really wanted to make like a day one rule when we started Ridiculous History a number of years ago, is we wanted to find these sort of universal truths. We wanted to correct the misconception that history is just a bunch of words and dusty textbooks. Uh, The people in these stories are very much like you. They're very much like us, regardless of how they uh, may be portrayed, regardless of what they're known for. And uh, one of the reasons we did a classic episode earlier this week uh, Noel, you and I, a long time ago, we did uh episode just on presidential pets, because like many of our favorite episodes, we had this conversation off air about, about pets. And we were like, well, a lot of people have pets. And then before you know it, we're... Uh, we're sitting there frantically searching on our phones about statistics of cat dog ownership in the US and abroad. And then we stumbled on this idea of presidents also being human and having pets. And uh, when Max joined forces with us and classed up the show a little, we found, Noel, that our, our good pal, Mr. Williams, is also a cat lover. Now do you think we should uh, think we should talk about cats for a second? Well, I think we must,
0: um, Ben. I, I actually uh, was uh, introduced to a new to me term um, that you, you you guys may be familiar with, but uh, the idea of, of being a cat daddy, um, cat daddy, yeah, cat daddy. I think it's like I think there's some sexual vibes to it, where you're sort of like a a burly dude who who has lots of cats, uh, a bit of a, of a of a bear, you know, like a Ooh. it's like a leather daddy, but it's a cat daddy. So I think Ooh. it implies. Sensitivity, um, okay. but also you know uh, brute strength, and pot- and potentially down <laughs> to clowniness in the bedroom. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's okay. just it's just a guess. Maybe I wasn't actually introduced to the true meaning, but whatever. I hear "daddy" <laughs> thrown around, I can't not think that. But yeah, I've become a bit of a, a cat daddy uh, of late. Yeah. I have two, um, mm-hmm. of, uh, Vanessa and Karomi. And um, I, I know you have one that shall not be named. Isn't that right? And then also Dr. Vankman.
1: Yes, that's correct, Noel. I have two cats. One is named Dr. Vankman, which is an amazing name. Uh, I can say that because it wasn't my idea. Uh, the second is a, uh, a cat with many, many names. You may see him occasionally. You may hear him occasionally on the air. And uh, Max, Max German you have since you said we can say max stands for whatever uh max you have a cat as well who uh we talked about in the past on our episodes
4: oh yeah yeah, yeah. my sylvia who i have a ceramic uh sylvia right here for us to see it's terrifying <laughs> but uh yeah i have my sylvia who is a loud cat she's a uh rescue herself so i can only have one cat because she would try to kill any other cats around but uh Yeah, I agree with Noel's assessment of what a cat daddy is, and I can say that I fully
1: am one. Okay. I'm proud of that. All right, cat daddies. We're also going to introduce you to another cat daddy, one of historical note. Mm -hmm. Uh, Folks, you you may remember one Abraham Lincoln uh, as a famous trash-talking wrestler. Fun note, he was also president of the U.S. once upon a time. But for our purposes today, the main thing we want to talk about is that Lincoln was a cat daddy, as you would say, Noel?
0: Yeah, possibly like one of the OG cat. Ta- I don't know, cats are, cats are ancient pets, yes. domesticated cats, you know, all the way back to, you know, the Egyptians and stuff. That there's, It's so much cat imagery in, in a lot of their, um, you know, hieroglyphs and things like that. There was cat worship even, a lot of deities that resembled cats and the like. But, yeah, Abe Lincoln, uh, definite cat daddy. Um, he uh, was the 16th president, of course, of, of the United States, and he was just bananas for, for, for kitties. He, he would just play with them, presumably spoke to them directly <laughs> for, yes. like, like, like extended periods of time uh um, matters of policy know. right that's right we we, we know uh you, you'll recall also I believe from our previous presidential pets episode that was more focused on the dog side uh, or maybe it was its episode unto itself I can't remember we definitely talked about fido which is like sort of become this like cliche kind of stand-in for dog kind of like xerox is to you know mimeographs or whatever or yeah. copy machines Fido, mainly from cartoons. I've never ever in a million years known a person with a dog named Fido because it's so cliche that no one would ever do it. But it's like you see it in Bugs Bunny cartoons. like Hey, Fido, come here, boy, Fido, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was because of, of President Lincoln's dog, Fido, who they uh, had to leave back home in Springfield, Illinois, where they're from because the dog was a little skittish, did not t- t- take too well to the excitement and chaos mm-hmm. that comes along with, you know, being elected president. So they adopted the dog out to some some neighbor friends. Um, but kitties, as we know, are a little more resilient, uh, I, I would argue, um, for better or for worse. I mean, I, I would also argue that kitties, you know, uh, don't give a uh, F, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to like people and dogs are much more doting. But Lincoln believed that the kitties were, he, he liked something about that vibe, the way that they kind of just, you know, were a little indifferent, but also you know, snuggly, and especially kittens. He loved kittens. He was always rescuing yeah. them and snuggling them and whatnot.
1: Yeah, he's a kitten guy. And he, uh, you know, one time someone asked Lincoln's spouse, Mary Todd Lincoln, and they said, does, does your husband have a hobby? Does the old man have a hobby? And she just said, yes, cats. Uh, he. He was uh, elected president, had to bid fond farewell, off fie to Fido, and Secretary of State at the time, William Seward, said, ah, we can't let it end this way. So he gave the president two kittens as a gift, sort of a congratulations, sort of a surprise. And the president, old Abe, was all about these cats. He named them Tabby and Dixie, and he did things that uh, are familiar to a lot of people who get uh, very far in the extreme cat-loving spectrum. Uh, He once had a formal dinner at the White House and had Tabby over and fed her at the table. No report on what the other attendees, the human attendees of the dinner thought but Mary Todd was kind of embarrassed. She oh, said, yeah. this action is shameful in front of our guests. And then this is when Abe's trash-talking wrestling comes back. He's got a clap back, dude.
0: Yeah, he says something to the effect of, uh, if this golden spoon is worthy uh, of the former president, James Buchanan, well, I think it is good enough for the tabby. Uh, for tabby, I guess that's meant to be a dig at James Buchanan. Uh, is thats that... Is that-
1: is that right? I mean, it's little little column A, little column B. It's yeah, partially it, it, a dig at Buchanan, it's partially saying my cat's awesome though. It's a big up
0: to Tabby, a bit of a ding to, to Buchanan. You know what I like about Lincoln though? He really is, you know, one of the first kind of like kind of fish out of water presidents, you know, he was sort of this hayseed that kind of like took his country ways to the White House. And it's like, you know, I just picture him like wearing shoes with like a toe poking out of the the shoe because it's worn because he doesn't, he refuses to get a new pair of shoes until they're purely worn out. And, you know, Mary Todd was just a little bit more trying to adapt to this. I don't know. This is just my imagination running wild here. But uh, the wrestling and just the kind of outdoorsmanly beardiness of Lincoln just really does make me see him as this kind of like fun fish out of water, you know, Washington. Mr. Lincoln goes to Washington kind of story. You know? mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And his he had a, a, a quite strange, dare I say, unprecedented rise to the position of commander in chief. It's a story for another day. We're ridiculous cats in this episode. We're ridiculous cats talking about cats. Ah, Someone work on that. We'll fix it in post. Uh, Lincoln has this friend named Caleb, Caleb Carmen. And Caleb is the guy who tells us about how Abe would talk to his cats. He would just choose one at random, either Tabby or Dixie. He would pick it up and he would just talk to it for 30 minutes you know, all the like, imagine Abraham Lincoln doing baby talk to cats. That's what it was. And also, I want to point out about domestication <laughs> cats are really interesting. Cats domesticated themselves, they're not truly domesticated creatures. They just hung out in um, what you could argue is uh, mutualism in terms of uh, organisms interacting. But cats, unlike dogs, were not really domesticated by people. That's why if you have cats, if you live with cats, I wouldn't say own them, if you live with them, that's why they have a lot of natural wild animal tendencies. It wasn't bred out of them. That's why if they think you can't hunt or they think you're getting a little skinny or they want to impress you, They go and, you know, they catch a mouse and they bring it to you and eviscerate it and make this weird sort of uh, grand guignol uh, (laughs) tapestry for you. I think we've all experienced that, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, um, with the, I think I, I talked about a previous cat that I had that would just leave these like, weird assembly bits of severed parts from various animals like in these you know true detective-esque arrays like on the porch like like with a little garland of grass <laughs> You know, around mm-hmm. the head of a mouse and a like, garnish, the body. Yeah. yeah, It's it's truly macabre. Uh, and then there was one time I watched. This was, this is an ongoing thing. And like you know, people always say, "Oh, they're just they're, they're they're trying to give you a present." I'm like, I think it's a threat. I think it's a threat. It's like this could be you. You know,
1: it's kind of like also it's it's a uh, sort of their way of saying you suck at hunting. Here, learn. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's uh, done. yeah yeah. But Lincoln. Lincoln had all these cat owner moments. You're listening. If you're listening the year this comes out, folks, you're listening in 2022. And if you have a cat, you probably have some questions or observations about your own little uh furball of fury. Lincoln has all your same questions, all your same fascinations. One time he gets pissed at his cabinet in his first term as president. And he says, this is a quote: he says. Dixie is smarter than my whole cabinet, and furthermore, she doesn't talk back. He was he, he was uh, not cool with it.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer-founded, queer-run, and creating size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
1: This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile.
0: You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me?
1: <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paid a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk,
0: text, and data for 15 bucks a month.
1: To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous.
0: That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous.
1: Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. He also, by the way, didn't just stick with uh, Dixie and Tabby. He would find stray cats, and sometimes he would bring them home, or they would follow him home. And this happens Often, uh, it doesn't just happen in D.C. Uh, one time, he was meeting with General Ulysses S. Grant. Yes, that General Grant, who oh, later yeah. became president himself, he's meeting with him, City Point, Virginia. There's a siege happening. It's the siege of Petersburg, March 1865. And Lincoln is having problems paying attention to the general during the siege because partway through, he's going, well, hold on, hold on. You hear that? Sounds mm-hmm. like uh sounds like kittens. You, yes, it does. Do you hear that?
0: <laughs> Move aside, General. <laughs> kid, there's, there's kittens in need. There's an animal in trouble. If anybody who has kids remembers the, the wonder wonder pets. That's what that's what. Abe Lincoln was like his ears would perk up and he'd go. The phone, the phone is ringing, and then <laughs> he'd run and, and rescue the kittens. And there are accounts of of the way he would just dote on these rescue kittens. Uh, A guy named Admiral David Porter, in what I would argue is a bit of a subtweet, says he was struck by the sight of the president, quote, tenderly caressing three stray kittens and that it well illustrated the kindness of the man's disposition and showed the childlike simplicity with which was mingled with the grandeur of his nature. A little bit of yeah. a, isn't that a, ba- a little bit of a backhanded compliment? The childlike simplicity.
1: Mm. Yeah, I could say, I could say it's a little bit of a, it's editorial license at the very Fair. least, right? And and he also, the same guy, Admiral Porter, also says Lincoln would talk to the cats and he would be like. Shh, Kitties, thank God you are cats and can't understand this terrible strife that is going on. Oh, mm-hmm. Who's a widow, pretty
0: widow for a ball? Oh, oh, don't yes, pay now, no um. attention, pay no attention to this this civil
1: war we find ourselves uh. in the midst of. Max is above our attempts to do Lincoln baby talk. Yeah. I see you, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, that no, the no, no. There's eye other reasons. I've ever seen in a Zoom in my we life. Yeah, we definitely did. But
0: yeah, I mean, he also, like, you know, again, this is like a wartime president. He's, he's going to, back to his, his presidential tent or, or whatever, um, and he says to a colonel, he leans in and says, I hope you will see that these poor little motherless waifs are given plenty of milk and treated kindly. And no, he's not referring uh, to actual, like, orphans. He's referring to kitties.
1: Max, can we sound cue in awe there? Like the most obnoxious cutesy. There it is. Perfect. It does so, seem
0: like he was a good guy, <laughs> I, I will say. I mean, you know, presidents are complicated. History is complicated. We know that that Lincoln wasn't, like, perfect. He really is held up there as this, like, you know, paragon of, like, you know, um, presidential uh, empathy. And, you know, he, you know he's, he freed the slaves. He was the, the greatest man to ever live. But we know that, that, that there was some, you know, complexities to that. But it will sure. I will say that for his time, uh, this whole all this kitty love really makes me feel like he had a you know had a pretty
1: good heart, I would say. Well, yeah, let me to that point about complexity. Let me let me bring into the conversation uh, a quotation that Max found that going to your note about subtweets, Noel, and also mm-hmm. going to the note about complexity. There's a treasury official, Mansell B. Fields, which is a weird name, uh, who writes about Lincoln in the following way. He says, President Abraham Lincoln, quote, possessed extraordinary kindness of heart when his feelings could be reached. What? Uh, And says, he was fond of dumb animals, especially cats. I've seen him fondle one for an hour. Fondle meant something very different back then. Helplessness and suffering touched him when they appealed directly to his senses or when you could penetrate through his intelligence to them. So it sounds like he's saying... Uh, there's some kind of wall around Lincoln's mind, right? Like only, like he may be hard-hearted or cold to a lot of human beings, but if you're infantile enough or feline enough, arguably, then all of a sudden he's your biggest fan. Does that feel like a subtweet to you? It's just, it gets me where he says, possess extraordinary kindness of heart when his feelings could be reached.
0: Right, and implied that he was a bit of a, I don't know, a tough nut to crack. There we and go. That he, and then maybe it's like, you know, all this kitten love and stuff is like, that is a a way that maybe a person that is typically not able to be emotionally vulnerable, you know, to humans is able to exhibit that level of vulnerability, but only to creatures, you know, it stri- strikes me as that, that that Lincoln would have been a very, perhaps a difficult man, and uh, and an emotionally you know guarded man. But with the kitties, he could just let it all hang out.
1: You know, mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred percent. And again, to the point about Fido that we raised earlier, uh, Lincoln was a yes, all pets kind of dude. He, you know, there's a great ongoing debate nowadays about whether someone is a dog or a cat person. Lincoln rejects these labels. He had tons of pets during his life. Uh, He even had a pig. That's a true story. But uh, that is a sad story. And on the advice of our pal Max, we are leaving it out of the narrative, unless you have a declaration to make about this, Max, for our ridiculous historians.
4: Oh, I have a declaration to make. I actually wrote in the in the brief, this is too heartbreaking to start we're not going to talk about it. That's it.
1: Yeah. Okay, well that's we set you up to confirm that. All right. So if you are feeling in too good of a mood, if you're having too good of a day and you need to take it down a notch, look up Lincoln's pet pig. So we talked about other Pets Lincoln had in a previous episode. We mentioned his doggo Fido. Uh, we should also note that Lincoln had multiple ponies. They technically belonged to his sons, but come on, he was there and he was, you know, chuffing with them and and petting their manes and saying, like, ah, I wish you were the secretary of defense or whatever. And then he had a white rabbit. He had two goats. We know the names of the goats, Nanco and Nanny. He had another dog named Jip and uh, he was associated with a pet turkey once upon a time.
0: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jack was the was the name of the of the turkey. So there was Jip the dog and Jack the turkey. Sounds like a classic setup for an animated uh, pair of adventurers.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I'm
0: I'm thinking of Jake the dog and Finn the human. The fun will never end. It's adventure time. Lovely show. Um, So, yeah, we we, we could now probably move on to uh, a president that I don't typically think of, um, (laughs) Franklin Pierce. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. that's probably true for most folks. He wasn't really considered... One of the best presidents. I didn't do anything outwardly yeah. like, horrific. He was, just, he was just a little bit of a turd. You know, he was like a bad outfielder, you know. He's he not kinda, out there, yeah. just kind of stood around. He did, He did, though, open trade relations with Japan, which was kind of a big deal, right? I don't know why I nagged the guy so hard. That's a big deal. But he really isn't a president that, you know, comes to mind as,
1: like, being, like, one of the greats. Uh, he thought abolition was a fundamental threat to the United States, so he he's very pro-slavery. Just gonna pop that in there whenever Okey you think dokey. of Franklin Pierce. Yeah, that's yeah. that's his that's where he's calling call from, as Rim Carver would say. But he did have pets, didn't he? That's why we're talking about him.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know, it, it seems like some of this maybe stemmed from that uh, that relationship with Japan. He had he had dogs that were some of the earliest examples of the breed known as the Japanese Chin, um, which were huge in Japan. Uh, uh-huh. But they, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, they're, they're they're small. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere, uh, but uh, they're very popular in Japan, and this is like sort of an example of them coming over here for the first time. Uh, they're what you would call toy dogs, you know, um, mm-hmm. toy sized dogs, like like miniature, which I believe is isn't that a process that uh, requires some pretty gnarly inbreeding and weird breeding yeah. practices to yeah, create selected those? breeding? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's kind of eugenics, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's what I thought. Dog breeding in general gets uh, pretty crazy, and maybe we can do a history of dog breeding in the future. But uh, Yukonuba definitely will not sponsor that <laughs> because it gets dark really quickly. You're you're right, Noel. You're absolutely right. Uh, he he did, as you said, open trade relations with Japan, and that was quite a coup because Japan had for many many years, centuries, they had closed their borders to almost every foreign trading party. So he sends this guy named Matthew Perry, U.S. representative, also Commodore. Commodore Matthew Perry goes back to the States after cracking this deal with Japan, and he says, hey, President Pierce, I got you something. Here are the seven very tiny dogs. And they're not just tiny, they're teacup size. So any uh, dog aficionado knows that is the tiniest Absolute tiniest dog. Uh, and they were called, I believe, they were called sleeve dogs mm-hmm. because if you had the right kind of outfit, like say a kimono, you could fit them up in your sleeve. I guess they're, you know what they are? They're like a, uh, in my head, dude, they're like a, a predecessor of the emotional support animal that is so That's popular right. now. That's right.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, just, just to backtrack really quickly, just to get a little, Trivia moment, not really trivia, I guess, but the, I, you, I know you f- you're familiar with the uh, the Coen Brothers anthology Western, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, and there is one of the chapters that's that's one of the longer ones, and it's it's really really good, incredible uh, twist, uh, very sad, um, but excellent. It's called The Gal Who Got Rattled, and in it there is a dog named President Pierce. It Finally. takes place presumably during this time, um, so they they knew about Pierce. <laughs> and uh, seemed <laughs> seemed fits, but I believe it was even like it was her brother's dog, and he's kind of an idiot politically and i so I think there was this this um this sense that Pierce wasn't a particularly good president, but his brother like supported him and therefore named the dog after him uh, uh yeah, and I, I, I might be I might be misreading that, but it did just occur to me,
1: yeah, and so these dogs are not universally loved uh, you could say The we'd like to introduce a character named Verena Davis she was the spouse of a guy who was serving as the Secretary of War at the time one of Max's favorite political figures in US history guy named Jefferson Davis now Max you have a sound cue for us hey David, you
4: Ooh. Yes. Also, I just want to say it very clearly that Ben was being sarcastic when he said one of my favorite political figures. I really do not want anyone out there thinking I like Jefferson Davis of all people.
1: Okay, Jefferson so Davis. You, <laughs> so you've heard it conclusively. Uh, if you are a fan of Jefferson Davis, then please follow Max on Twitter uh, so you guys can talk about it. Uh, he is. You can are you find trying him to cancel at- me? <laughs> no, 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 no. Max, being a tremendously good person, also knows that Jefferson Davis is a piece of wet garbage. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, Verena JD Davis, to his friends, JD to his friends. Well, he he had also, no friends, so nobody. Yeah, him, no. they're all terrible people. Yeah, you nailed. It. You brought it home. Yeah. So <laughs> now that we are done dancing on the grave of that terrible person, let's point out that his wife had some opinions regarding. Pierce's dogs, she described the dogs, these seven dogs, who are again tiny, as having, quote, a head like a bird with a blunt beak, eyes large and popped, and a body like a newborn puppy of the smallest kind. And then she said, they can scamper around on a coffee saucer. They're so tiny. And we don't know if she loved them or if she hated them, but that gives you a sense of how how small these uh, sleeve dogs were. Were Pierce loved them? By the way, he was over the moon. Uh, nobody could say a bet. Like if you've ever hung out with your friends who are clearly treating a small dog as their child, and you know they're saying stuff like, "Oh, well, you know, we shouldn't eat waffles in front of Rupert because it offends his sensibilities. He's a sensitive boy." This is how Pierce is with his dogs, and. He kept showing, like, he one day showed up to talk with Jefferson Davis.
4: More like Jefferson doofus.
1: He shows up at the Davis place, and he says, General, I have a dog for you. And then uh, Pierce gives one of these seven tiny dogs to Secretary Jefferson Davis.
0: Turn, Jeffy D. Oh. You suck. You suck. <laughs> you suck, Davis. Go home. What is Jeffy
4: D like to eat? Turds.
1: And <laughs> so Davis, Davis names this dog. He accepts the dog. Accepts delivery of the dog. He names it Bonin. B o n i n. And dogs be bonin. The dogs be bonin. And uh, he he carries little bone-in around in his pocket. So we can only imagine, this is just us guessing, fellow Ridiculous historians, we can only imagine that at multiple times during his life, someone asked Jefferson Davis, is that a bone in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me?
0: Uh. I give my time. <laughs> why, is it, why does it have to be one or the other? Why, why, are, there, why are those things mutually exclusive?
1: <laughs> right. Good question. Lost to history, maybe. And so he gives the... Uh, He only keeps one of these seven dogs. He gives the others to his friends, like we mentioned, uh, Mr. Boo, His, Davis. And we don't know much about how these dogs' lives went. Uh, We know that they were, for a time, they were kind of like an important political currency, right? You were able to convey favor if you were Franklin Pierce by saying, hey— Here's one of my exclusive run dogs. And uh, this did always remind people of trade relations with Japan. As weird as it sounds, those very little dogs made some very big history.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
1: This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob.
0: Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly
1: hiring. So let's move on to America's first and so far only uh, bachelor president, let's say. Uh, As as you noted, Max, just because he didn't take a spouse, he did have a partner, but not an official partner, just because he didn't take a spouse didn't mean he didn't enjoy some companionship. Walk through those multiple negatives on your own, folks. Uh, He had a pair of dogs. Uh, He also had... Eagles. He had a legit pair of bald eagles. <laughs> this is so America, man. I love it. I know. I know. Uh, and they would—he was not one of those people who were clipping the wings and keeping them in cages. He had tamed these eagles. They were not domesticated, of course. They're not domesticated animals, but he had tamed them to the point where they would fly away from their cages, and then they would come back— they just liked hanging out. They associated Buchanan with um, with a good life, which a lot of people in the U.S. rightly did not uh, at the time. But now for a little bit of a quick run trivia game or a laundry list. Noel, I propose that we just round robin the many, many pets of former president Rutherford B. Hayes.
0: Great name, by the way. I've always liked Rutherford. It's just such a old timey name, you know. It's a
1: mint julep name. You can't say it, really it without like Rutherford. Rutherford. Yeah. it
0: just got a good mouth feel. It just kind of rolls mm. around in
1: there. Mouth um,
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah. It really does. First off, we have Hector, the Newfoundland dog. What is it? He's, he's a breed of, of Newfoundland, of Newfoundlandic origin.
1: Mm-hmm. Duke possibly an English Mastiff, but don't mm-hmm. quote us.
0: Yeah, some of these, they're, they're, you know, there's some uh, speculation as to
1: the breed. We've got Grimm. I think it's a
0: cool name for a greyhound, especially. They are very dire-looking creatures.
1: Otis, a miniature Schnauzer. Full mm-hmm. Schnauzer, just too much, too German.
0: Yeah, no. yeah. And then we've got Dot, a Cocker Spaniel. Juno and
1: Shep, two hunting dogs. Shep is a great name for a dog, by
0: the way. Um, we've got Jet. Shep was
1: almost my name. Thank God, no my dad way. got in a car accident on the way to the. Yeah, true story.
0: Anyway, Shit, Jet. Wow, my name was almost Lyle. That's a good
1: name.
2: I know yeah, Lyle, well, He's we, solid. We,
0: we, 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 we love a Lyle. He's a he's a dear friend of us both. But it would have been awkward if he had the same name. Um, but I, I think they actually even like crossed it off my birth certificate or something. But that that's uh, that that could just be lore. Noel Brown lore. Uh, next, you guys we have can call Jet. me
1: Shepherd if you want. Jet. Yes, Jet ooh, is a ooh, mutt. Uh, and I, I would like to propose that I remain the primary shep of this show, shepherd if yeah. I'm in trouble. Of There's, course, uh, Siam, who, funnily enough, is this is a cat fact hashtag cat fact. Siam is the first Siamese kitten to reach North America. Wow!
0: And a burst of creativity, as you would say.
1: Really, mm-hmm. really
0: lean into that one. Uh, this one, I'm sorry, you got to say this one with a mint julep voice too is Miss Pussy, uh, mm-hmm. who is another Siamese cat.
1: And then there's Piccolo Mini. Piccolo Mini. You've got to raise your fist in like a little cadence, you know, with your touching your middle finger to your thumb. Piccolo Mini is a cat.
0: <laughs> Sounds like an Italian restaurant. I love it. And then we just have a goat. One goat. One goat in the laundry Yeah. But uh, who who knows? I want to know more (laughs) about this mysterious goat.
1: Mr. President, what's your goat's name? Leave. You have to leave now. Uh, Yeah, the goat uh, probably had a a big big voice in policy. Then he had a mockingbird, but that wasn't the only bird he had. He had four canaries as well. Yeah. Uh, He got some cows. That's how you know you were making it back then. He had Jersey cows. He
0: also, yeah, they were they were pedigreed, by the way, not just any run of the mill Jersey cows. Oh yeah, yeah these yeah. were these were these were purebred uh, Jersey cows. And
1: then he also had several carriage horses. And this is even more impressive when, as you pointed out, Max, we realized this guy served only one term as president, so he was spending a lot of time at the petting zoo, basically. And so now let's give an honorable mention to. Former President Millard Fillmore, we don't know a ton about his pets other than a couple of ponies he had. Mason and Dixon, get it? But uh, he definitely cared about animals. This was something new to me until... uh, I didn't know this until we went into the research, but he helped found a chapter of the American Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or ASPCA, in his hometown, in Buffalo, New York, all the way back in March of 1867. And this wasn't just a PR thing for him. Like, he honestly cared about it. He led local meetings. He would use... He did this after he was president, obviously. He used his juice, his political capital, to, like, influence the laws, to change laws so that animals... In Buffalo would be treated better, which is that's cool, pretty neat, right? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and one thing that's a,
0: that's a commonality in uh, in these cases is usually you, you you see that the presidents that had the most pets uh, and that treated them well were were probably relatively not beastly human beings and it's always a little sketchy when you have a president that doesn't take a pet because it's such a tradition to have a presidential pet That the ones that don't must really hate animals that's my theory i don't know what you think about that uh, ben but
1: okay we have to talk about it then we have to talk about it because we looked into this folks <sighs> there is one president that may have not had a pet and the, now history is a little unclear on this and we have you know we have a silver lining at the end of the show here but of the few presidents who were thought to have not had any pets at all one of the ones who stands out to us is former US president James K Polk you won't find any canonical historical mention of him being a pet guy A cat daddy, he is not. But uh, we know he's good with horses. So you'd have to assume he had some sort of relationship with uh, various steeds. And then, of course, there's Andrew Johnson. Now, Andrew Johnson is a little bit of a, uh, in my head, he's a little bit of a Ratatouille president. What do I mean by that? Well, he never formally had pets. But the guy loved mice, and he didn't want to kill them. And he would leave, you know, little, like, Pieces of cheese out there. I like the idea of uh, him doing the Ratatouille thing all the way. You know what I mean? Like, I like the idea of a mouse under a hat. Yeah, it was while the president. The mouse
4: was the president the whole time.
1: Yes. He was the
0: brains behind yes, the operation. No, I love that, Ben. That is, that is I don't know
4: was, how much brains was going into the Johnson administration, though.
0: Unclear. Not not Oof. much. That hot take, hot historical <laughs> presidential take.
4: When it comes to Johnson, I don't think it's really even that hot of a take. Honestly, no. I just don't know. I just don't really
0: know much about him. He was he was one. Of, he was a he was kind of a monster,
1: right? He was a known bad dude. He
4: he, he kind of killed Reconstruction.
1: Yeah, That's he right. he was not what we would call a banger of a president today. First president to be impeached. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in uh, the past, but. Uh, even if you go to his hometown and you ask people about him, they'll say, "Yeah, not that, not that great. And he's not he's not anybody's favorite, except maybe some some mice maybe. You
0: know, it's really weird. Uh, I just looked up some fun facts about President Andrew Johnson. Apparently, mm-hmm. he escaped from indentured servitude. One would yeah. think, Someone who had escaped from indentured servitude would have a unique position to be anti-slavery. One uh, would he,
4: he he was unique in many ways. So like he was the only Southern senator mm-hmm. that whose state seceded from the Union who showed back up at his job. Like all of them just left, and the seat, he was from Tennessee. He just showed back up, and that's yeah. kind of he wasn't Abraham Lincoln's first um, VP. It was when Lincoln won re-election. Right. They're like, hey, this is our... It was becoming pretty clear how the war was going to go. Mm-hmm. This is our olive branch. We have this guy who is flip parties. He's a Republican now, but he's a Southerner. And then he Lincoln got assassinated, which was actually a 3 prong assassination attempt. It was Lincoln, right. Johnson, and Seward they went after. And Seward survived. Lincoln obviously did not. And yeah. Johnson became president. And uh, yeah, he... Uh,
1: Six Emperor Tyrannus and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So funny story. Again, I think I mentioned this on the air, but there's a little town called Greenville, Tennessee, that is very Andrew Johnson branded. I have a tree house there that I sleep in sometimes. It's a true story. I'm not going to explain it. And even if you go there and you ask people about Johnson, they will all say, yeah, I mean, he was a president, and as we close today's episode, we do have to have one last dubious mention uh, that was very important to our guest research associate, Mr. Max Williams. That is the most recent president, the 45th president. How many, uh, how many pets did he have, Max? We talked about this in part one.
4: Uh, well, I mean, he had Eric. Uh, he had... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not going to say that. It's going to to piss some people off. Oh, so keep bad. it in. No, he did not have any pets. He uh, was very adamant about not having a pet. And what's funny is when writing this up, I made sure to listen through the original episode. And Mr. Noel, you made you noted that. You're like, yeah, it's really weird this guy doesn't have a pet. Maybe, he, maybe he'll maybe he get one eventually. Cause it, like, like when I was doing the research, I was like, yeah, like, you know, like, I bet, like, some other people didn't have pets. Nah, it really looks like every single one of them in some sort of way had some sort of pet
0: again if only because of the tradition of it all you know what I mean
1: looks good yeah
4: right it's like there's some really cute ones that I left out like you know H.W. Bush had his like I believe Cocker Spaniel and then when W. became president he had one of the puppies that his dad's Cocker Spaniel had had while he was in the White House it's just cute and it's a way to relate to them to show that like hey they're Mm -hmm. humans even if it is Mm -hmm. a publicity stunt sometimes
1: Absolutely. At this point, I want to thank you again, ridiculous historians for going on this journey with us. Lincoln avowed cat daddy. This has been presidential pets part two. Most importantly, folks, this is the time when I reveal my ulterior motive, get the two uh, ridiculous historians on Facebook and show us pictures of your pets. I love when we get to do this. Show us. Oh, the yeah.
0: There's some good ones out there for sure. And also, uh, shout out to the Presidential Pet Museum, woof which woof. is a thing. Presumably, most of these animals are there in taxidermied form. Uh, I, I would hope, preserved for future generations to enjoy. What's y'all's position on taxidermy, by the way? Taxidermying of, of beloved pets—is it into macabre it. Or, uh, or or totally on?
1: It's hard to say goodbye to yesterday, man. Boys, and men were right,
0: <laughs> especially if it, your yesterday was the name of your beloved cocker spaniel.
4: Mm.
1: That'd be a
0: good name yeah. for a dog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on whether canines uh, fall under the theory of nominative determinism. You yeah. know, if you name a dog Chomp, is it going to bite someone?
0: <laughs> well, and then and, and it begs the question do, in fact, all dogs go to heaven? Uh, and I do so. all dogs go direct to video in All Dogs Go to Heaven, Part Two?
1: Mm. <laughs> and with this, with these weighty philosophical conversations, we are going to uh, we are going to wait to hear from you. Ridiculous historians will be back next week with an episode on Pringles that you uh, that it's gonna surprise you. It's it's going really weird places. We're excited for you to hear it. Thanks as always to you for tuning in. Thanks to our super producer, Mr. Max Williams, our composer, we have one, uh, Mr. Alex Williams. And thanks to, let's see, who else, Noel? Who else? Who else?
0: Oh, you know, Christopher Haciotis, He's Jeff Coat here in Spirit, uh, elsewhere in the world, doing great things. Uh, our love to you both. Uh, Jonathan Strickland, did you mention him? I try not to. Eh, it's okay, because sometimes when you if you say his name too loudly, into a glass darkly uh, things happen he's sort of a candy man rules you know what I mean I think we've passed the threshold for his appearance
1: and special thanks one last special thanks to all of our fellow Ridiculous Historians who are out there volunteering with animal shelters, with animal rescue, uh, this is often a volunteer-driven enterprise. It's a nonprofit, uh, and it can be really, really tough work. But from all of us to all of you, thanks for uh, thanks for being the good folks. We'll see you next time, folks.
0: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Happy Pride from TomboyX. X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
3: Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is Sheep Pivots